Hello and welcome to another episode of the Silk and Steel podcast. I am your host, Carl Za. Today we have a very special episode for you guys. Um, I have the re- returning guest, Mr. Xiang Yu, who I did the Taiwan History Series together. Uh, but he brought on a new guest. Uh, welcome to the show, Zoe. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, nice dress. That's a... Uh, Oh, I, I was going to say that's a hanbok, and then I realized, no, you bought it in North Korea. You bought it in DPRK, so you wouldn't be called a hanbok. You would be called... Exactly. You will be called... Joggery? Joggery? Okay. Joggery? Okay. But also, you can use that word to describe a hanbok as well. But yeah, you definitely it's wouldn't say hanbok. It's the same clothes. In. It's the same clothes. <laughs> it's different terms, you know, across the yeah. 38th parallel. So, so Zoe, if uh, people haven't noticed, she's wearing a traditional Korean dress which she got i assume from north korea yes yes and i'm probably wearing it very badly obviously like i'm sat down so you can't see it in all of its glory but there is a backstory to why we're wearing it because we are filming a video which um you know is a, a different thing but um I don't just wear this every day. It's not my normal attire. And I'm sorry, but it's not because of you either. I didn't dress up just to see you. So. Well, okay. Thank, thank you for making me special, Zoe. And, uh, yeah, well, yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll let you think that it's, it's just for you. But yeah, this, this was actually a North Korean dress. Like I got it, one of my colleagues in North Korea gave it to me um, as a gift. And it's actually what the North Korean students wear. Like they'll wear it on like special occasions or I guess like if they have like, you know, a day at university when they need to dress up or something like that. So, so, so I think this would be a good time for you to uh, introduce yourself. Uh, just give us a brief introduction, who you are, what you do, uh, what brought you to North Korea. I think that's my, what my, my audience would like to know. Yeah, right. Like, who is this random girl from the UK wearing a, uh, a joggery and uh, talking about North Korea? So um, my name is Zoe. Um, I'm from the UK. Um, and I was and kind of still am a tour guide in North Korea. And I say was basically because I've been out of the job for the past three years because of the pandemic. Um, so uh, for those that don't know, the North Korean border has been closed since January 2020. Um, and that was the last time that I was in North Korea was January 2020. Um, and I've been working in the DPRK for about... I mean, before the borders closed, I was working there for about two years, done about 30 trips. Um, And now, since I've not been going to North Korea a lot, I've been doing a lot of stuff on social media. So I basically um, talk about the different things of North Korea, trying to kind of expand the narrative and tell people a little bit more, aside from missiles and nuclear weapons. So how, okay, so how does... A Westerner, a Western woman uh, like yourself, get into the business of conducting a tour guide, uh, a guided tour in North Korea. And, and uh, by the way, this guided tour, you are now working for DPRK government, right? This is your own business, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really good to like distinguish as well because a lot of people think that like I work for the DPRK government, like I work for North Korea, right? But actually how it works is in order to go to North Korea on a North Korea tour, you basically have like a western tour company um or like a, you know, a tour company outside of North Korea that put you in touch with 
the tour company in North Korea. Because unless you kind of have connections in North Korea, there's no way to kind of contact North Korea. You know, you can't just kind of pick up the phone. And if you look at any of their tourism websites, actually they have emails and phone numbers, but I doubt that you'd get a response. I don't know, have you ever tried that? <laughs> like... I haven't, but I've gotten emails from people who have and okay. want to help with that. And I'm just like, no, um... Forget it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're never going to reply yeah. to just a random person. You just have to um, work with the government there. Wow, you know, as a, as a foreigner, that's that's just the way the business are conducted. But how did you get into that business? I mean, like, this is what I'm curious about. It's a good question. Do you want the long answer or the short answer? <laughs> short answer, she's MI6. <laughs> <laughs> I okay. wish. You know what? The amount of times people say that, and I'm like, I wish I was that cool. Like, honestly, I wish I was that cool. Um... I'll try and keep it interesting and short. So basically, I was living in Japan and during that time, it was around 2015 um, and in Europe, we were having like a few terrorist attacks. There was a terrorist attack in, um, in the UK and also Paris. And basically, the UK was on high terror alert. So um, all of my Japanese friends, whenever I'd meet Japanese people or whatever, I'd explain to them, hey, I'm from the UK. And they would all say to me the same answer. They would all say, wow, so cool, the UK. I really want to go, but it's too dangerous at the moment. And I was like, I'd just come from the UK. And like, despite what the media, you know, kind of says, I felt very, very safe in the UK. And so this got me thinking, like, you know, why are these Japanese people saying that? And I realized, oh, okay, it's because of how the media is portraying things. And then that got me thinking, I went home that night and I was like, okay, what's a country that I am really scared to go to that I think is crazy? I want to challenge my own perceptions, my own like kind of misconceptions on things. And I thought, okay, North Korea is pretty crazy. And I literally typed it into Google. Can you travel to North Korea? Apparently you can. I did some research. Um, I contacted two two tour companies. um, And then in the end, I ended up going it was great. I literally remember looking at my tour guide, my like Western tour guide, because once you go to North Korea, you actually have like, you have like the Western tour guide from the Western tour company, and then you have the North Korean tour guides, right? Um, we'll talk about that more in a bit. But um, I remember looking at my, the Western tour guide and thinking like, hey, that's totally something I could do, you know, like I am good with people. I'm chatty. Sorry, you know, I'll be talking a lot on this podcast. <laughs> I um, can tell. <laughs> <laughs> I like travel, stuff like that. So I thought, hey, that's something I could do. But to be honest, I didn't think much of it. Um, I then went back to the UK to finish my degree. And it was during that time that I saw an advert on Facebook for that same company. And so I applied, got it, and then, yeah, basically so you, started you working in North Korea. So you took the plunge. You went to North Korea yourself. Uh, how did that yes. match your expectation? Like, how you know, you must have a, a preconception what a North Korea is before you went to DPRK. And uh, how did that match? You know, how did your actual tour match your previous expectations? I should have brought mine. I don't think it matches with your outfit. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. It would have worn this even worse than I am right now. Um, That is basically the reason why I started, I wanted to work in North Korea, to be honest, because it didn't match what I thought of at all. And like, I totally can remember how I felt when I first went to North Korea. I don't know if it was the same for you, Shangyu, but like, I, I like to be honest, I was like, I don't even know if I'll be able to go. Like, 
you know it's just that whole am I really going to North Korea like I couldn't quite believe it and I didn't want to tell my friends and family until I crossed the border and it was true because the whole time I was thinking like am I actually going to be able to go to North Korea like this is crazy um but then when you get there you kind of feel a bit underwhelmed in a good way and I kind of describe it as pleasantly underwhelming like people ask me how is it to visit North Korea and I'm literally like yeah it's pleasantly underwhelming like it's not it's just uh, another crazy. country with people in it yeah <laughs> and people are trying to live their normal lives exactly yeah and so that's something that I decided that I really wanted to show other people was that actually there are people living in North Korea and they are you know their their lives are not all surrounded by politics and missiles and stuff every day like they have their own culture um and it's really interesting and the media doesn't speak about that at all yeah yeah uh xiangyu you want to chip in you are just uh looking yeah how did you feel <laughs> look like you want to add something oh I, i was just um listening um yeah i mean i pretty much knew what i expected because i watched a lot of videos from other um tourists so i guess i had the spoilers <laughs> but um i was pleasantly surprised at how um hospitable a lot of the local people were because um you know I, i've been to south korea and i figured well they're you know they're the same culture they're the same people but i guess um um in south korea the culture is a lot more like hustle bustle and like y- you know what it is like yeah. you know like one of those like yeah. big city type cultures yeah yeah so it's there i mean it's um you go there there are similarities but it's also different it's, south korea is a lot more commercialized i mean it's yeah it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. more integrated into the global capitalistic system so yeah that's it's what you expect uh but but yeah. north korea you know mo- most of the time we were just being fed in basically propaganda <laughs> by the media because you know like what you said uh zoe about you know people your, your different expectation of north korea before you visit reminds me of that scene in Bridget Jones, Bridget Jones diary and she was uh, comparing one of her suitor boyfriend whatever says you're terrible you're like Saddam Hussein and when I was watching that movie I was like that's that line is out of nowhere I mean this was ra- around the around the time of Iraq war right which was not wow. very popular and and by like this why like how does this love triangle in urban Britain has anything to do with like Saddam Hussein in Iraq. I felt like the, the director just did, decided to inject that line right there because that was a time for Iraq war and they're drumming up domestic support for it. And, and it was just so like out of the place. So this is what I was thinking about when I was thinking about kind of the media constant manipulation of our... Uh, you know, of our views of out of the of the rest of the world, depending on who is the current political enemy <laughs> is. So yeah, so I mean, like, uh, so true. I mean, I I kind of expect. I, I have not been to North Korea myself, but like I, I knew a lot of information coming out of mainstream media is propaganda. But I was still su- surprised to hear uh, firsthand experience you of you and Xiang Yu, the people who actually went um, and, and to find it's just a country of of people, <laughs> of people trying yeah. to live their lives, you know, trying to trying to get best out of their life. So, um, so how was like, so how did you go about starting your own business? 
in organizing this. So I don't have my own business in terms of we're checking on the checking on the cold noodles. <laughs> okay, thank thanks Xiaomi for uh, <laughs> interruption. He'll be back. He'll be back. Um, so I don't have my own business. So I work for um, Choreo Tours at the moment. And the company that I went with originally was YPT. Um, and then I changed companies. So Choreo Tours is like the company that's worked there the longest. They've worked, they're actually as old as me. They've been in the country working there for 30 years this year. Uh, so that gives away my age as well. Um, and they do a lot of like cultural engagement and stuff like it's not just tours. Um, they do a lot of um, like they make documentaries there. They make really cool films there and stuff. Um, and then I started like, I kind of started like my own thing doing social media. Annoyingly enough, around the time of like November 2019, which is annoying because then COVID happened shortly after. So I basically decided like, I want to do like all this social media stuff to help me further show people like this other side to North Korea. And it's interesting what you just said, especially, you know, using the word propaganda because like, a lot of people come at me because I have all these social media accounts where I show what I see when I go to North Korea, right? And of course, it's very easy to say that that is propaganda uh, because I'm showing like, I mean, it's it's funny because some of the things that I like, I understand, for example, I don't know, I can't think of an example right now, like maybe a picture of Kim Jong-un or um, maybe a picture of one of the leaders or something like that. And okay, maybe it's it's very political. You can say it's propaganda. Um, or a picture of, you know, a really nice, uh, like a mass dance or something like that. But you know what really something... is, it, it doesn't really matter what information you are presenting. It's people are trying yes. to find anything that will affirm their own beliefs. This is right now, yes. like we have been in the West, we have been so <laughs> washed by propaganda that, that people are forming their identity around what they receive, you know, from the received yeah. wisdom. And when you challenge that, when you challenge their long-held beliefs, which is formed by media, help, they, they get defensive and then they, they, yeah. they, they lash out. And that, I think that's what, what is happening because what you presented is totally different from what people are used to in mainstream media and they they see something Definitely, different yeah. they say oh, okay you're 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 must be you must be doing propaganda because this is not what we used to used to see and we don't trust you because you're just this one girl you know from uk doing this thing you know, conducting actual tour of leading actual people into the actual country we only trusted the the trusted source BBC, you know, BBC, yeah. <laughs> Washington Post, New York Times, yeah. etc. I think that's what's going on. The amount of comments that I get of people being like, literally like, blink twice if you're okay. And, you know, are you, do you work for the North Korean government? How much do they pay you to do this? And I'm like, honestly, it would be nice if I was being paid by at least someone to do all of this stuff. <laughs> like, But really, it is just me. And there's some of them are the most mundane videos, like um, a volleyball game or the one that like, I found so ridiculous recently. I posted like a video. It's literally about five seconds of a hot spa, hot spring in North Korea, like a hot spring hotel. It's five seconds long. It's literally just a clip of this hot spring. Somehow it's now onto like four million views and like everyone's talking about it, how it's like fake and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's literally the most mundane clip. Like I posted it because I had nothing else to post, but it's crazy. Well, wait, wait, wait. Like, I, I mean, like, is it, is there it, like people around the hot spring where they, where the people, 
Bobby. No, to be fair, it is just completely empty. Um, but like, I think I took that. It's funny because like I took that video because there was no one there, so you get a really good view of the whole thing, uh -huh. right? But then once no one's there, then you get the whole like, oh, but no one's in there, blah blah blah. So wow, <laughs> I don't know. wow. See, like yeah. if you. This is the thing. Uh, I, I I talk about this a lot. I mean, people from a uh, communist country or former communist country. Uh, you know, I, I I was born and grew up in China. People understand state media is a mouthpiece of the state. They mm -hmm. understand that state. You need to read news from a certain angle, right? So so so, but but people in the West. Because we are being served by corporate propaganda, they 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 think the corporate media because the different there's supposedly different viewpoint that must that must be free media and that's therefore not propaganda. It's totally the opposite. Like people in the former communist country and current communist country actually know better how to read the news. Yeah. They 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 understand the context where where the thing news source is coming from, and 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 whereas. Especially in the West, because there's so little, uh, a lot of people, they don't have a lot of exposures to some of these countries like DPRK. Um, so only source of news they get is mainstream media. And that, again, just reinforces their kind of core beliefs. And, and, and it becomes, uh, you know, when you challenge those beliefs, then people get get. Freak out, either freak out or they accuse you of you. You're the one who's who is just presenting a fact as spreading propaganda. It's 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 like so, kind of 1984-ish. <laughs> yeah, and I think like in a way, like I will always say this, um, like just what you said, like I find the Western media is more dangerous than the media in communist countries than the media in the DPRK because I mean one of you know I asked one of the North Koreans about the you know what they get in the news and stuff, and they said that the information that the most information that they get from their news is by reading and seeing what's not there. And then they get more information from that. And I think like as Western, you know, in the West, we consume our media so passively because we trust that the free media will not only tell us what we need to know about, but also they'll tell us how to feel about things. And so we just blindly trust this. Whereas quite rightly, as you said, you know, coming from communist countries, you're not passive consumers of the media. You know, you will know how to question things and you'll know how to consume this media. Yeah. Shang, yeah. you 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 want you you wanted to add something? It looks like you're. <laughs> oh, um. He's half asleep. <laughs> I was just I was just gonna say um the whole like media thing is actually um, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but it's part of the research that you're doing. I mean, what are you doing in Taiwan, anyways? I feel like um, people might be curious. Oh yeah, <laughs> why why Zoe? How did you how did you make it to Taiwan? <laughs> Uh, through a series of unfortunate, unfortunate events. No, um, I probably won't talk about my research too much, um, but uh, I'm doing a PhD here. Um, and uh, I'm doing that in political science in, um, in the south of Taiwan, in Tainan. Have you ever been to Taiwan before? No, I, you know, I, oh, I just somehow never managed to go. I always wanted to go surf Taiwan because Taiwan's supposed to have some good surfing spot on the East Coast. And, uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, it's just starting as in Tainan as well. They're just starting to do some stuff, survey stuff. But yeah, that, that's why I want to go it. before you get popular. <laughs> when, yeah, when yeah, yeah, before yeah. it get overwhelmed by tourists. I mean, now I think only people mostly surfer from from Japan and some local surfers. 
so I, I want to get there before, you know, it's discovered by some surfers documentary, you know, then, then it's game yeah, over. Like, like I, Bali. Bali is overrun by, by tourists right now. <laughs> I did see some Aussie surfers um, when I was up in um, in Taipei last time. There were some Aussie surfers on their way to the east, so um, word might have got out already. And you know, this podcast, I'm sure it will let let all of those surfer fans that you have Oops. out there. <laughs> I can imagine there's this. lots of them. <laughs> I'm gonna cut this part out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So okay, yeah. so you ended up in Taiwan. You're doing, uh, but you still keep contact, yeah, with uh, with. Yeah, so like, I have every intention to go back working in North Korea. So like, you know, I am working for Korea Tours still in every aspect of the word, apart from the fact that I don't do much work and also don't get paid for it. So, <laughs> you know, I run their social media and that's pretty much uh, what I do because that's the only thing that you can when um, tours are not permitted. But I am keeping busy doing my PhD and I hope that like, when North Korea opens, I can then go from Taiwan to North Korea. What um, tell us, like what, oh, what happens when people, like let's assume, eventually the border opens up again. Uh, so, so only way for people to travel to North Korea right now is through the Chinese border, right, from the Chi Chinese side. Yeah, there is actually another border um, in Russia and you can actually travel from Russia to North Korea. And then also previously, there has been like other international flights. Like it's not just airports in China that you can fly from. Previously, there was um, flights from like other countries, Vietnam, Malaysia, stuff like that. But generally speaking, yeah, that's how you get to North Korea from either Beijing or Dandong or some other Chinese border. You can either fly in or you get the plane in. Yeah. And so but you definitely can't cross from the just south. Just <laughs> walk us through like if uh, if say I'm signing up for your tour, you know, what what what's a, what what's the itinerary is like? What am I supposed to expect? So firstly, I guess it depends how much money you have because these tours are not cheap. Um but they do they they're worth their money because you actually get everything included. So people think that these tours are crazy expensive and they are like it's pretty much works out at about 200 or 300 250 euros per day um including everything so you've got your accommodation you've got your um food and everything like that and that's the train included so you would have to decide how much money you want to spend and how long you want to stay into North Korea because you can go for anything from like two days to two months if you wanted to, you know? And there is enough things to see for a two-month tour, trust me. Like, I have been there for a month and I still feel like I've barely scratched the surface. So, so um, I mean, you, so you obviously customize your tour depending on the, your customers, but what's the most popular tour package? There is no most popular tour package, but like the general popular ones are to go on a holiday. So we have tours all throughout the year. The most popular time is summer um, and the most popular tours in this time are um, around like the holiday tours. So whenever it's a national holiday in North Korea, for example, Kim Jong-il's birthday, um, President Kim Il-sung's birthday, Day, um, they have big holiday times in Kim Jong -il's North birthday? Korea. Well, which month? It was just it just happened oh. just like two three oh. days ago. Yeah. February sixteenth. Yeah, February sixteenth. See, see so I don't I don't work for DTRK, you know. <laughs> That's why I don't know <laughs> Kim Jong Il. I had to ask. Um, okay, uh, what's to what to expect if people go on Kim Jong Il's birthday? <laughs> 
Oh, it's so much fun. Like, I really recommend the holiday tours because they're the easiest tours for people to be like, oh, okay, yeah, like, it's not all fake. Because um, on holiday days in North Korea, everyone is out chilling. They're in the park. They're getting drunk. Um, they invite you to get drunk with them, dancing in the park, having karaoke. They have special events like mass dancing. Um, they have the Kim well, Jong-il. Wait, wait, wait. So you, you obviously have got drunk in North Korea. Oh, like. so many times. <laughs> okay, what, what, what is that like? What, what, what the, the, the kind of the drinking environment in North Korea? Please enlighten us. It's so funny again because like most this is just one of those things that like because it's North Korea people presume it will be so different but like getting drunk in North Korea is just like any other country but you just you know North Korea is not a good country to get absolutely steaming drunk in because you do have to be careful about what you're saying and stuff like that um, so I wouldn't recommend people to get very very drunk but saying that the guides love to get drunk with you they love to have a beer with you of an evening actually I tell people that that's the best way that you can kind of get to know North Korea is by, um, you know, after the tour has finished for the day, then you spend your time in the bar drinking with the guides and just enjoying time and everyone loosens up. And yeah, I mean, actually, we're currently drinking some Korean alcohol, some makgeolli. Wait, you can find wait, makgeolli wait, wait. Everywhere. So is that how you met uh, Xiang Yu? You guys, uh, you guys drank together in North Korea? Well, what happened? Actually, we, we were... have a better story. <laughs> we have a better story. We were in North Korea at the same time once, so we didn't know each other oh. then. We were both in the same stadium as Kim Jong-un on National Day in 2018. Oh, wow. So the first time we hung out in person, like one-on-one, -on -one, was in Tainan. And, and we were drinking. And we were drinking. <laughs> was and I was, like, I was like, this is the first time we've been in the same building without Kim Jong-un. <laughs> It's quite the story. Uh, well, how, how do you like Taiwan, uh, Zoe? How long have you been in Taiwan? I love Taiwan. I've been here for four months now, uh, five months maybe. I only got here um, last year in like September, October time. Um, and I love it. Like for me, because I spent the past three years basically waiting to get back into China. Long story short, I was outside of China when COVID happened and then I got locked out of China. I literally, like, just in September 2022, I got all of my stuff back. Like, you know, over almost three years later, I got all of my stuff back. Um, I got it shipped from Beijing to Taiwan. Um, so it just feels really back to be in, like, a Chinese culture environment because I love it i'm so on board with it i speak chinese so i'm really happy to be here i love taiwan actually so, it's, so you it's were nice. uh so, so while you were leading the tour into dprk you were based in china yeah i was living in beijing oh okay yeah, so i was living oh. there for two years okay wow yeah. okay I, so you, you speak any chinese yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay good enough <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit yeah no and i'm trying to change <laughs> I'm trying to learn Taiwanese whilst I'm here as well, because like to be honest, like my Chinese is is okay. Like I don't, I feel like I don't really need to study it too much anymore. Um, like I can have basic conversations. So, um, but I'm trying to learn Taiwanese whilst I'm here, especially in Tainan in the south, they speak it a lot more. So yeah, but but you can you can get by with with your your level of Chinese right now. Yeah, Taiwan. I mean my classes are in Chinese too. So <laughs> okay, <laughs> it should be pretty good. <laughs> Um, okay, so what, what uh, just you know what this is a, a open platform you can you can talk about whatever you want to talk about you don't have to wait for me to prompt you um, you know because I, I there might be something I don't even know about you know I, I, I for me North Korea is still a little bit of blank I just know what yeah. 
mainstream media has told us about North Korea is probably all bullshit. And uh, because I know people who personally went to North Korea, like you and Xiang Yu, mm. and and you guys all brought out like a whole different perspective. Um, what? So so okay. Let's go back to if I am your tourist, you know, if I'm on yeah, a guided tour, a tour, if uh, mm-hmm. going from China into North Korea, you know, Xiang Yu made this podcast. Name crossing Yalu. I, I was taken back a little bit because I thought, wait a minute, are we talking about Korean War? Because for me, <laughs> crossing Yalu River is forever associated with the Chinese entry into the Korean War back in 1950. Yeah. Then I realized, oh, wait, 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 wait. Actually, for your tour into North Korea, you literally have to cross the Yalu that's River. That's what you do. So you, you are taking yeah. the train, right? Yeah, that's the most common way, actually, is to go from Dandong um, and then cross the Yalu into Sinuiju in North Korea. And that's literally like just a 10 minute, it's not even 10 minute journey, like just a five minute crossing. But you can actually fly as well directly from a few places in China. You can go from Shenyang or Shanghai or Beijing into Pyongyang. Um, But yeah, most people, I, I guess most people get the train. It's cheaper and it's more fun, in my opinion. If you like spending twenty four hours, I love on trains. It. I love trains. Like because you you, <laughs> right? you spend like you you are spending your time with a lot of people in this enclosed space, and you really form yeah. sort of camaraderie with with your fellow fellow uh, you inmates <laughs> on the train. Yeah. And a, a lot of the time, like the people don't realize a lot of the passengers are North Koreans, and I think like that's like the first time that like barriers are broken because like people look at these North Koreans and they're like they're almost like oh my gosh, you know like can I can I touch it you know like this thing that's like and I'm like you know it's a real person you can speak to them like you can act normal around them like don't worry like one of the biggest questions I get is like how do I talk to the North Koreans and I'm like just like a normal person like you know we have some topics that we like ban uh, like they're not banned but like recommend stay away from um I mean you're not allowed to talk about religion um and stay away from like um the leaders private lives just because the guides don't know much about them it's not like in the U.S. where you have this big white house and stuff like that like it's not publicized where Kim Jong-un lives for example got Um, a funny story about that by the way oh really okay (laughs) but like just in general like you can talk to the North Koreans about anything including the nuclear weapons program but it's like you know when you go up to someone you shake their hand and you're like okay so you know, tell me about the missiles. What do you think about them? You know, you don't do that. So you just say like, hey, my name's this. And yeah, yeah just be normal. You know, just be, be like a normal person, how you would normally yeah. greet person on the street. You don't, you don't, exactly. you, don't random, you go, you don't go to some random strangers and then question them about their their beliefs yeah. or their <laughs> political affiliation or whatever. But you People can, you can crazy. do later. That's where alcohol comes in handy as well. What's your White House story, though? Oh, um, we were... I was with this um, Dutch woman from my um, tour group, and um, we were drinking at a bar, and the bartender, one of them spoke Chinese, none of them spoke English. So the Dutch woman started asking a bunch of questions, like, you know, personal life, this, that, just making conversation. And then she got curious, and she asked um, some questions about Kim Jong-un. Like, oh, where does he live? And she was like, I don't know, he lives somewhere in Pyongyang. And then um, she started asking things like, well, does he speak English? And then um, the, the lady at the, the bartender was like, I don't know. Why would I know that? So then I said, well, um, I guess she assumes that because there was that clip of him walking down that path in Singapore with Donald Trump without translators, and they seemed to be talking. And then she thought for a second, and then she said, What's <laughs> 
Our respected supreme leader, Comrade Kim Jong Un, is good at everything. <laughs> good answer. Good answer. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, so obviously, you, you, your tour provide a translator, right? So that, that can help you translate. No, because the Koreans speak amazing English. Um, so, like the the company that we speak with, uh, that we um, do business with, they have about like a hundred or two hundred guides, um, and it depends what your tour group is um, as to what language they're speaking. So, I think they have about eighty Chinese speaking guides. Um, about like 70 English speaking guides. Then they also have Russian, French, uh, you know, tons of languages. Um, obviously, the less popular the language, the less people there are. But in general, like um, a group tour will be held in English. Um, and then if you want a private tour and you're from France, you can request French. Uh, speakers, but their English, considering like that they've ne probably never been abroad, that they hardly, you know, they're receiving education that's, you know, probably resembles something from the 1980s, and you know, all their textbooks and stuff like that are probably very outdated. Considering that their education is incredible and they speak incredible English, like you can see some YouTube videos where like they have such British ac British English accents, they put me to shame for my British <laughs> accent. Like they sound more British than I do. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you're you're you 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 should uh, you should tell your MI six handlers they <laughs> we're falling yeah, right. behind. <laughs> Done. <laughs> I think what Carl meant was like with these tour guides. I I guess um he meant translators. I guess he meant meant those guides so like can you like talk oh, to locals okay. with like your tour guides serving as translators you can do yeah, yeah. so like but like, so yeah you can use your guides as translators of course um but also you have to kind of remember that a lot of the time you know people are busy and stuff like that and the tour is really really fast paced and you're going kind of everywhere so if you want to speak to the local people it's not as if it's banned but also like again this is just something i say to people all the time is like don't expect like it's not banned for the local people to speak to you and it's not you can chat to them but like don't expect that they want to like they might be busy they might not like speaking to strangers and you are literally like a random white person in their country or whatever they may have never seen a foreigner before um don't expect that they want to speak to you you know but of course like in shops and stuff like that the guides will help you with translations and yeah so your your role is basically a chaperone yeah i i I say it's more of like a facilitator and like someone who kind of bridges the gap between two different cultures. So like when I'm there, I don't go around being like, okay, this is the Juche Tower. It was built in blah, 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 and has this number of stones, you know? I can do all of that if people want me to. Like if someone comes up to me and asks me a question, I'll be like, oh yeah, it's that. Um, but my main role is to basically be this bridge of cult, uh, like this bridge between two vastly different cultures and that would be North Korea and the outside world, right? Because there's a lot of things that, um, you know, there's a lot of misunderstandings that can happen. And also, if people don't feel comfortable asking the North Koreans something or if they're worried that they've done something wrong, then they can come to me instead. But yeah, because I mean, one of, one of the biggest things that... I, one of the, like, stories that I say um, about the cultural differences and stuff and how, like, something that you just don't understand... Something so little that you might not think of can be such a big cultural difference. Like, um, there was one time where um, one of the North Koreans said something that really left an impression on me, and that's when we go to North Korea, right, we have tourist buses. Um, and they are there basically to take us around the city or take us around the country. And you spend a lot of time in that tourist bus, you really do. 
Um, and people really, really love to walk, right? I mean, you can understand that. We love to walk around places when you go to a new country, right? Um, and the tourists always love to walk around Pyongyang. But it's simply not possible because of time constraints. And also there are some places where you can't walk around, but mainly time constraints and stuff like that. But the North Koreans will get really offended by this and be like, we have provided this amazing service for you. The bus has air conditioning or heating, depending on the time of year. Um, you know, it has petrol, it functions. Um, it, it's so comfortable. Like, why would you want to walk somewhere? And so there's just this massive, like, the two cultures just have this big misunderstanding. And All then, these undisciplined Westerners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? But then one of the North Koreans, she, she came up to me, I, I, like, just as I landed, and we were walking along the street, and she said to me, hey, Zoe, I finally understand why people like to walk in Pyongyang. And she said that she just came back from Vietnam. She was in Vietnam on a business trip, and she was like, it was my first time abroad, and I loved just walking around and absorbing in the culture absorbing everything she was like i finally understand you know and it's just those little things that we wouldn't think of um but they, they can be you know it's just bridging that gap between the two different okay switching the topic a little bit how did you get your dress <laughs> is, is that a custom is that a tailor-made it's dress not. or it was, did you it was, go to an apartment a department store and bought it no it was it was gifted to me by a north korean Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, so, so yeah. it's a special, special dress. It is. Yeah. Yeah. These, these are the, the ones that they wear at the university. So, yeah. But you say, say one of your tourist uh, person would like to get a dress. Can, can they just go to a department store and buy it or can, or can even, can they go to a tailor and yeah, have a tailor made? Yeah. And as Shang Yu is showing off his suit, you can actually get something like this tailor made in the Yang Gakdo as well on the fifth floor which um, is indeed the forbidden floor in the Yangakto, but it's the only okay, reason... Okay, you do the model walk for us. Yeah. Yes, model walk to your seat. You should have it, done it, a spin it, around. Is your, I did when I got up to leave. Is your jacket tailor-made, Changyu? It is not. It is a cheap one I got at the market in um, Rawson. Oh, it, look, it, it could be. I mean, I, it could you be should have just said it was tailor-made. It fits you pretty well. Yeah. No, it's not. Edit that out. It's tailor-made. <laughs> Looks great. No, and the... Like, this one, you can't actually buy. So this one, like I said, it's like a, um, you know, it's what it's like a uniform, right? Um, so I also probably wouldn't... I've worn this in North Korea, actually. Um, but you can get... Um, you can buy these dresses. Yeah, you can buy joggeries. And they're very expensive. They're about 200 euros or something. Um, so have you, have you, outside of our interview, have you worn this dress outside of North Korea? I genuinely have not, you know. I put it on because, like I said, all of my stuff from Beijing was stuck in Beijing for the past three years. So I put this on um, when I first got back all of my stuff back in October last year. But apart from that, this has just been in my suitcase. So last okay, time let me I put in my was... marketing blurb right here. <laughs> Very first time. Yeah, you can Zoe have that. put on her Korean dress. <laughs> straight from North Korea yeah, and on the show Silk and Steel podcast folks <laughs> the last time I wore this was at the top of Mount Pegju which we figured out before so there you go it's a pretty pretty uh, cool moment wearing that well pretty very cool people, people wear this normally on holidays right like they, yes. they, they don't it's, yeah, it's not, a, it's not a normal thing that you go around every day you got your badge on it's, it's not an everyday dress <laughs> yeah. okay yeah yeah but is yours is could be every day, right? Xiang Yu, your your jacket looks like it could be wore every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of um you see like some factory workers just walking around yeah. dressed like this. Um 
Kim Jong Il wore one pretty often, but his has like pockets over yeah. here. Ah, yeah, That's yeah, what yeah, you get yeah. for that extra tailor-made yeah. uh, cash. They, yeah. cash. They, these are called um Yajunbok or Ye Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Did you pick up some uh, Korean words while you were there, uh, Zoe? Yeah, I try and study Korean. Um, I used to get told that my Korean accent sounded really North Korean um, because the two languages, obviously, it's the same language, but there are different dialects now. Um, and yeah, whenever I learned Korean outside of North Korea, I would get told that my accent does sound quite North Korean. Um, but now, yeah, now I think it's probably more South Korean. Okay, can you do say a couple words for us, like a greeting? <laughs> oh, see, you wouldn't say you wouldn't say anything with haseyo or something in North Korea because it's all very polite. It's annyeonghashimnika. Like ah, always, that imnida okay. imnika kind of thing. I did not thing. know that. I yeah. mean, the fact that you are in Taiwan. Wearing the, the 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 traditional dress from North Korea reminds me of this one uh one one forum where a U a bunch of U.S. senator will have a teleconference with uh quote unquote so-called president of Taiwan Tsai Ing-wen mm. and the U.S. the U.S. not not U.S. senators are U.S. Uh, representative a House representative he got up in front of the screen he bowed and he said. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, so for people who don't understand, Anyo is Korean, right? Yes. Tsai Ing-wen, the, so, the leader of Taiwan, obviously is not Korean. <laughs> but, but here we are at a formal diplomatic event. This is the level of the, you know, the U.S. engagement with the world. But Honestly, anyway, so. <laughs> us British are the same, you know. I feel like we could easily do something like that. So, and that reminds me, wasn't there a, an American president that said something about, oh, ich bin ein Berliner, and he said that he's like a donut in... In, in uh, that's so he was like he was trying to say I really can't remember which U.S. president this was, but he was trying to say like I am a person from Berlin, and he was oh, like Oh, uh, Kennedy, Kennedy. Yeah, but it, 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 he actually said like <laughs> I'm a donut. Being Berliner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually means I'm a donut. So there we go. Never mind. Well, he did end up yeah. with a whole like a donut. Never mind. <laughs> Oh, no. uh, what are you guys drinking? Is that is that tea from North Korea? No. Oh, I do it's have <laughs> tea from North Korea though. It tastes awful. It's mushroom tea and like it's really not good. Like I love tea. I love all different kinds of tea, but I could not stomach. Koreans don't have good tea. No, really. Yeah. Well, what kind of what kind of tea? I mean, like is it um is it like buckwheat tea like they drink in Japan or What do they usually or, have actually? What kind of tea? I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question because they do offer tea a lot of the time, but not so much as in in China and Taiwan. I guess they do have like um they do have um like barley tea. Yeah. But that's not actual tea. That's yeah. just a barley drink. Well, I mean, it or that's understandable because tea is originally a much southern thing. Yeah. Mm. Like even in China, the tea drinking started in the south. And, and northerners drink baijiu. Tea, yeah. And they do drink a lot in <laughs> North Korea. Yabra, not baijiu, yes. but soju. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, because the, the tea culture started in southern China, right. and the best tea leaves are from like the, 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 oh, the yeah. southern China. My my favorite so. is poor cha. Oh, yeah. I like that. I love poor cha. My, my fucking my one of my guides in Rasun, he I don't, I forgot what he was talking about, but he was talking about um tea cult like the differences between Chinese culture and Korean culture, and he was like here in uh, Korea, we do not have much of a, a tea drinking culture because um our water. Tastes very good. Tastes better than the water in China. I'm just like, 
I'm like, could it be because maybe you just don't traditionally produce tea? And he's like, <laughs> no, no, our no. water is superior. <laughs> I like the North Korean framing of everything. Yeah. It's just like, no, it can't possibly be because of that. It's definitely because we're superior. That's funny. <laughs> but I, I believe that North Korean water would taste good. I mean, I, I, I imagine there will be less pollution, right? And then they probably they less get stuff their put water in there, straight yeah. from the Changbaisan, right? The, 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 mm. the I mean, so they're right. I like their rice a lot, but um, uh, uh, yes, Korean rice, Korean rice. Uh, you know, I, I, people know I'm a Chinese patriot, right? But I have to say, Korean rice and, and <laughs> Japanese rice taste Very better. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, Koreans, Koreans have really good rice, but like North Korean, yeah. like rice from North Korea is also like really good. But I mean, like even South Korean rice is good, better I than. I yeah. well, feel all so the best inferior. rice in China is. Uh, Dongbei mi, the the, the oh. rice from northeast from, oh. from Manchuria, and 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 the, it was actually introduced by Korean uh, migrants in the 19th century, and they took a strain, uh, a, a Japanese strain from Hokkaido, and mm. planted in, uh, introduced into Dongbei, into to northeast China, and that became like now it's a very popular rice in China. So I mean. I mean, yeah, you know, is, I, I know rice, we, we, we invented rice, all that, but, but Korean and Japanese rice just tastes better. <laughs> Honestly, I love Asian culture and stuff, and, like, I will only ever eat, like, Asian food now, but, like, I don't think I'm at the level to tell, like, how good the rice is and, like, the different areas of rice. I feel like once I achieve that, I, I understand Chinese food. <laughs> it's, it's softer. It's, I, I guess it's a taste texture mm. um I, I don't know how to describe it it's the, the, the texture is smoother but what about so so you your your korean food let's let's talk about food korean mm. korean food korean food in north korea i mean like people right now because k-pop is very popular so you know there's a lot of uh, like uh, korean barbecues everywhere even in bali where i live uh but north korean food from north korea is is that different is that different from like the Korean food we're more used to in the West. I mean, our Zoe, professional you, you chef here, that? you want to go for it? <laughs> you've been in North Korea like 30 times, so you'd have a better idea. Okay, you know more about food, but I will say one thing is that um, generally it's Kore like similar to the language, um, you know, it's still Korean, right? And similar to a lot of things about the culture, it's still Korean food, but things have developed differently. Um, so one interesting thing you'll find is that a lot of the restaurants in North Korea are quite Chinese orientated. And I think that's because they have a lot of Chinese tourists. And so the um, dishes have kind of become more Chinese style a little bit. They obviously don't have as much Western influence, although you can find pizza restaurants, burger joints, um, you know, sushi restaurants, stuff like that. You can find them in North Korea. Um, and they do have some dishes such as my absolute favorite thing to eat, which is imjobap, which is basically, I don't know, there's kind of a sad backstory because it basically was created during the famine and it is was created out of the lack of meat. Um, but it has remained popular in the culture today and it's still a very popular snack. Like you can pick it up in the um, typical street food stalls and stuff. And it's basically um, tofu skin uh, that is wrapped around rice and also with gochujang kind of spicy stuff um, on it. It's really, really good. Amazing finger food. Um, and they you can't find that outside of North Korea. You can't see, but my mouth is watering. Yeah, same. I'm literally... Wow, it's live listening to you. <laughs> I want to add on to what she said. Um, when I went there, it was like everything... I grew up eating a lot of Korean food and everything there was just very familiar, but also very different and new to me. It was I don't know if you mm. felt that way when you first went. I don't yeah. know if you had like a lot of. Did you have a lot of South Korean like South Korean food 
before you I'd went there? I'd been to South Korea once uh, oh. before I went there, yeah. But I hadn't had too much South Korean food, actually. Oh, I see. Yeah. Now, how does how does the Korean food in Taiwan compare to the <sighs> Korean food in North Korea? I just had the best Korean food in Taiwan that, like, I never thought I would ever have ever. And that's because he cooked it. <laughs> <laughs> of I have, course. I have not had great Korean food here. Like, there are, the, there are some good Korean places. But, like, to be honest, um, it doesn't really compare so much. I don't know. What, what are your feelings on Korean food in Taiwan? I'm... Not confident in opening a Korean restaurant in America, but I feel like I could survive if I did it here. Wait, why? Why? What's the difference? Why? 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 What's the difference between opening a Korean restaurant in America versus Taiwan? Competition. Competition, <laughs> like actual, like good competitors over here. It's just like <laughs> I can just, you know. I don't know. I feel like the the Taiwanese often add their own spin on things. So nothing is quite exactly as it should be, which is completely fine. You know, you're allowed to do that. Um, But I, for me as well, food is kind of just a little bit too sweet here in general, especially I live in Tainan in the south. It's generally sweeter and I prefer like Dongbei Tai from the northeast of China. I'm more of a sweet, like savory and salty kind of gal instead of sweet. But um, but one thing I will say about Korean food um, that is noticeably different in the north and south, and I'm talking geographically speaking now, not country divisions, um, but on the Korean peninsula, generally, the further north you go, the spicier it is, and the further south you go, the sweeter it is. And I think that's found everywhere in a lot of countries. Like, the n- further north you are, it's colder, you need spicy stuff, and then south is sweet. I thought you were uh, going well, somewhere I, else with the further north you go, but... <laughs> but, 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 but in China, though, in China, I, I'm from southwest China. I'm from Sichuan. Like, oh, I didn't know that, actually. You know, nobody you can nobody eat spicy in China food. can compete with us. I mean, maybe the people from Hunan who is next door, you know, mm. like, the, we're, we're in the southwest, that's where, where it's at if you want spicy food. Yeah, you know what's yeah. funny, though? My, one of my uncles, he used to work on the mainland, and um, he's, he's Taiwanese, and he was once um, on a trip with one guy from Sichuan and a guy from Hunan, and both of them were arguing over who could eat more spicy, and both of them lost to my uncle. <laughs> wow, that's you know, surprising. The Hunan yeah. food can be very spicy, but I feel like they're just just spicy. Like, like Sichuan food for me has a little bit more variation on the theme, you know, like, because we, we add the Sichuan pepper, which mm. is a numbing. Oh, the peppercorn. The numbing. Yeah, I really like that. And, like, to be honest, like, I don't find, like, I can cope with that. Like, it's not spicy. Like, the numbing spice that's, like, from Sichuan is just not, like, a fire kind of spicy. It's good. Mm, my mouth is watering again. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> my mouth is watering again. I'm okay, thinking so about maladofu. I, I have. Um, that's why I love living in Indonesia because Indonesian food is very spicy. But uh, unfortunately, like I since since I got COVID, uh, I don't know something changed with my taste. <sighs> I I'm like less able to handle spice right now than I was before, like a year ago. I, oh no! Now every time after a meal, because our food is still very spicy, I have to have I have to have ice cream to cool down. <laughs> Wait, so you can't eat spicy anymore? Can you can you make the zhi shi sounds now? No. <laughs> oh, okay. So you're still you're 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 still a southwesterner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um. Any anything else I miss? Uh, you know, Zoe. I don't know what else is on. There. Yeah, I want to go through the questions that uh, my followers have for um her. That yes. I sent. Yes. Yeah. Let's well, let's go let's go through that. Um, I think some of them have already been covered, but um lots lot of um interesting um conversation topics. You know, a lot of stuff people might want to 
So yeah, I think um a good one is um she kind of briefly um described um how to book a tour, but um with three or questions, but um how it want to go through like the step by step like it's only like two or three steps like fill out a form yeah yeah it's actually super simple like most people are like how do i get the north korean visa is it really really difficult and again i'll always say the same thing it's actually harder to get the chinese visa um because you do actually need to get a chinese visa in order to go to north korea because you do have to go through china um and you can actually sometimes get the transit visa but i won't talk about that now it's a bit complicated but either way you'll need some form of documentation to get into china and it has to be double entry because you want to be able to get out of north career as well um so you basically find a tour that you want um on the tour company website um if i can name drop choreo tours you just go to choreogroup.com um and you'll see like tons of tours and you basically like find a tour that works for you in terms of price in terms of length of time and in terms of um yeah where it's going to go in the country because it's not just pyongyang you can go to you can spend like I said, like up to a couple of months traveling the whole country. Um, so you want to see where that tour is going to because the group tours are rigidly planned to go to certain places. Um, whether you want to spend more time in Pyongyang, more time, you can take an internal flight, go up to the northeast, go to Mount Pegdu, go down to the south to Kumgangsan, right on the like kind of near the South Korean border. Um, you can do hiking, go to the DMZ, stuff like this. So then you want to pick that. You basically fill in a form. It goes to the north. It goes to the Western Tour Company. They help you do everything. In that form, you will fill out all your visa documents. So then, the Western Tour Company they sort out your visa for you. It's actually super super easy. You don't need to give in your passport, anything like that. You pay, and then that's it. You know. So basically, you are just responsible for getting a Chinese visa. And then bring money. We don't. We don't do the Chinese visas at all. Right. So right. yeah, yeah, exactly. So you. Yeah. Yes. So as a tourist, yes. they will have to be responsible to get a Chinese visa, yes. multiple entry Chinese visa. Yeah. And once they have that, they just show up with money, and you guys take care of the visa into North Korea. Exactly, and like we take care of everything as well. Like a North Korea tour is pretty chill because all you need to do is just be there. Like we just, you know, some people hate the whole like group tour thing, but like to be honest, just enjoy it because like you can just sit back, relax. You don't have to think where are we gonna eat tonight. You know, how do we get there? What time do we need to leave there? You know, everything is organized for you, and I totally get that some people hate that. I would hate that too, but you know, just embrace it. It's so true. It's a vacation. Yeah. Vacation in North Korea, guys. Yeah. It's the latest thing. Check it out. <laughs> Check out Zoe's uh, social media account. Uh, 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 you want to introduce that at the end, or you want to you just want to introduce that right now? I can introduce it right now whilst we're in context, I guess. Um, yeah, like I have. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, uh, TikTok on at Zoe Discovers NK. Um, and you can also find me on YouTube um, on at Zoe Discovers. So, Zoe well, what Dis kind of stuff do you show on your YouTube channel? Um, on my YouTube channel, so I was recording some vlogs and stuff in there. But like I said, like I only had two trips before COVID hit. So I did some like really cool vlogs, um, all including the North Koreans, where I show um, skiing in North Korea. I asked the North Koreans their New Year's resolutions, stuff like that. Like I wanted to do way more stuff involving the North Koreans themselves. Um, but since COVID happened, I'm basically just using old footage where I show um, various areas in North Korea, different things that you can do. And then just also like FAQs and stuff like that, like answering people's questions. Um, how much does it cost? How can you travel there? Basically, just everything that I'm going through today as well. And yeah, I, 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 go on. Uh, I, recently, I I'm do, doing um, stuff on Taiwan as well.
Yeah, I ho- hopefully, you know, they will relax uh, restrict tourist restrictions soon. Because, yeah. Um, because, you know, China is already opened up. Uh, yeah. And, and then hopefully North Korea will follow suit. And I'm sure people, there is a pent-up demand for people to vacation in North Korea. The, 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 the latest thing, the, the most happening place. <laughs> I mean, like, go check you, it out. you say that, but, like, I mean, I think the biggest value that you get from a North Korean tour is getting to know the country. But it's so true that, like, actually, you know what? There is, like, proper vacation spots. There are beaches that you can, like, get a suntan on and play in the water. Um, there are hikes that you can go on that are incredible. So, like, the, whilst there is this vacation element that, like, literally does exist... The biggest value is, you know, going to understand the country aside from what the media says. Okay, so so can you meet Kim Jong-un if we go on your tour? <laughs> I will do my best. Can't promise anything. You have to give me a big tip for that one. <laughs> if you meet Kim Jong-un, though, you probably don't... You, you have to keep it a secret, otherwise, um, you know... Um, might have to kill you. <laughs> no, um, the CIA MI6 might... Yeah, MI6 uh, or CIA might want to interview you and tell, mm-hmm. have you tell them all you know about... Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I okay, can't. I'm I, I sorry. I don't mean shake his hand, you know. And you see him like I did. Look, yeah, yeah, yeah. See Kim Jong Un like like you with your naked yeah. eye. So actually, it's really weird that we both got to see Kim Jong Un because usually, like he's you know, it's not a sight to be seen by foreigners. Usually, it's like even when there are big military parades on, um, foreigners are not allowed to go to like Kim Il Sung Square, which is where the main area for the military parades is held because. Kim Jong-un's going to be there and it's not appropriate for foreigners to see him because he is, you know, this kind of sacred being um, in a way. And so um, usually foreigners aren't allowed to see him, but it just turns out that sometimes it's okay and we did. So um, either way, I'm sorry, but you probably won't see Kim Jong-un when you go on your tour. You know, I picked my tour because I thought if there's any chance to see him, it will probably have been that tour. My reasoning was um, there have been no mass games for five years leading Mm -hmm. up to that. Um, those mass games and like national day was the opening day of the mass games yeah. so i figured well such a big event he'll probably be there and if we can attend the mass games we'll probably see him yeah it was it happened that very way. good guesswork <laughs> was it, how was the mass game itself was it was it worth it other than seeing kim jong-un oh very good like even without kim jong-un i would go watch it it's like very well, um, what is it what is the mass game the biggest human performance in the world you will have seen it china had it like china used to have performances like that right Oh, is is it like the Olympic Chinese Olympics opening like ceremony that type of thing where where like people acrobatics display, performances like, singing all sorts of things yeah it's like a, a lot of like socialist communist countries used to have them it's it's kind of you know a way to get the public the masses together and do a mass performance together and show this kind of solidarity and this power of the people. Okay, uh, so th- th- there's Xiang Yu. Can we go cover some of the questions, like uh, your your followers' questions? Uh, I-, I like this one. Have any tourists who believe all the propaganda about DPRK gone on a tour and changed their perspective at least somewhat? Mm. Or do people usually go there to reinforce their their existing beliefs? So, wait, do they mean believe all the propaganda about the DPRK as in they're pro-DPRK or anti-DPRK? Either, I guess, but mostly anti. Okay. Um, So, in terms of pro-DPRK people that are like, you know, like all the DPRK propaganda, I would say I've never experienced anyone going against what they think, but I also think that that's probably because they have 
I'm not saying that like what they think is true. I'm saying that like they probably have their own opinion set in their mindset, and even uh, if I'm they. I'm talking about like average Westerners. Okay, who, okay, who okay. Yeah. Everyone changes their opinion. <laughs> everyone, apart from, uh, there are a couple of people that genuinely, I don't. That I think everyone changes their opinion at least in some way, but there are a couple of people and I will say generally it's on tours that only last for like two or three days um the shorter you are in the tour the more likely it is for people to still go out and be like yeah but it's all fake right and I think um why did you pay why yeah. did you pay money to that's, see that that's that, the that, thing right? that's what I'll always say I'm like honestly you really wasted your time and money if that's what if that's your takeaway um it, it's really it's sad for me because I feel like kind of offended on behalf of the North Koreans um and I just think it's it's such a shame but there, there's like a couple of people, people people like that but I would say generally everyone changes their mindset like not I even think there's always an asshole no matter where yeah. you go <laughs> but it's like not even like joining the tour or at the end of the tour it's like literally right at the start of the tour i think most preconceptions are just shattered like when people walk out of the train station and they don't see what they're expecting to see they just see normal life going on in front of them and they don't matter um and they realize okay this isn't a show for me like no one cares that i'm here no one's looking at me no one is putting on a show for me okay <laughs> your, your first time in north korea what did you expect when you step off, off the train honestly had no idea what to expect but i didn't even expect that I would be able to enter and like I was just like just mind blown and I had all the same feelings I was like how do I talk to the North Koreans um you know like how do I interact what can I say what can I do I was you know scared and stuff like that so I totally get why people feel like that I felt like that too but you know it's just a massive shame that we have these feelings on North Korea to be honest yeah and, and the North Korean tour guys that you work with, did, did they, any of them have any experience, uh, you know, outside of North Korea? Yeah, a few of them have um, lived abroad before. A few of them have been traveling before, um, mainly for either work or studying. But generally, like most of them have never been abroad before. Yeah, but some of them will have been. I think it's surprising for people to even hear that people in North Korea actually travel yeah. <laughs> travel abroad and went back yeah, <laughs> and went back that's the that's the that's the big difference yeah I think mo like most of them don't travel as like a holiday or a pastime like um, domestic travel is a thing a lot of people like to go to Wonsan and Nampo two places on the east and west coast um, but generally travel abroad is usually for things like studying um, going to conferences working there has to kind of be a reason to go abroad Okay, so a large number of my followers are actually North Americans. So how does the U.S. ban on travel to North Korea impact? Um, like, ha, 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 what kind of impact does that have? Massive. And I think it's really important to realize that like sanctions and the travel ban and stuff like that, they impact like individual people. And I think it comes down to the fact that like you can say North Korea tourism is you know it's unethical because it's supporting the regime it's supporting the government and stuff like that but at the end of the day okay you can give me that logic because everything is owned by the state in North Korea but the tour companies that we work with they work as normal tour companies you know like they have their own expenses they employ people um they you know all the money that you pay into that's, goes that's very ironic because 
it's not North Korean government that's taking away your freedom to travel as Americans to oh, North yeah, Korea. Sure. It's American government that's taking away your yeah, freedom. Yeah, true, true, true. Oh. Two very different things. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm... and, and uh, so unfortunately, you know, for me, I I have a U.S. passport. That means I cannot go. Yeah. Yeah. I cannot go. Hopefully unless unless I, I, I have a fake marriage with Xiang Yu and uh, get a Taiwanese uh, residence card. <laughs> hey, Taiwan is very progressive. You know, you could totally, totally do that. It's fine. Xiang Yu, let's make it happen. <laughs> you guys are making a cute couple. <laughs> I, I'm just imagining the back of my ID, like in the payola and saying like, <laughs> and I'm just kind of grossed out by it. <laughs> I like the fact that you could imagine it, though. Yeah. You know, there's a bit of love there. Wait, 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 wait. On Taiwan ID, you had list the name of your spouse? Yeah, right? Yeah. It's so weird, right? And your parents. So, like, they want to... Some people, activists want to change it because, like, some kids, like, you know, who unfortunately don't know their dads, like, the dad, oh. like, the father space is, like, empty. So it's, um... Yeah, like, you can see over... Uh, I always would find it weird that on Chinese IDs or Chinese health cards, it has like all of your health information on there, right? See over here, it says um, pale. Can you see it? I can't see anything, <laughs> but that's fine. Okay. I, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> But in terms of like just you saying about the travel ban, I think it's also important to highlight like actually it's not um, travel to North Korea that affects this the most. It's people like humanitarian aid workers and diplomats and stuff like that going into the country that's affected the most because these are the people like doing the work in the country that, you know, needs to be done. Um, and so travel is secondary. It's important. But yeah, the, the country's been isolated without aid workers and stuff like that. So that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> That's, that's 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 unfortunate but yeah. you know i i i uh you, you, if i go on a rant about the stuff that u.s government does yeah. this podcast could go on for hours it's gonna be a long so episode let's, let's move on to the, the the next question how how is the public access um how is the access to you know, on public transport for disabled people? i found this question really interesting like um because actually in asia or like in east asia at least it's awful everywhere like i like in japan i remember like that's one of the first things i noticed because like the first country i moved to in east asia was japan and like i was like where how do disabled people get around i think taiwan's a little bit better china is awful um and north korea is awful yeah it's uh, compared to the u.s as well just Really? I think uh, you also. I think it takes time. I mean, like I, uh, it, it, I, I lived in U.S. for almost thirty years. I yeah. mean, even the, the 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 access for disabled that only started to happen in the last twenty years. Like like before that, I I, I, I remember when they start to break the pavement and, and like the, the sidewalks and start building the ramp for the mm. for the um for the wheelchair and stuff. That that that's happened in like. I mean, within the last 30 years when I live in U.S., a lot of things have improved. I think it would, it would just take time for that to catch on, I guess, in East Asia. Uh, I, I think it will happen, but, but it's unfortunate. Yeah, um, yeah I agree with you. It's There's a long, a long way away. It's different priorities, you know, as well. Like um, that's, you know, like you said, only the past 20 years in the U.S., same with the U.K., as you get those different priorities. Um, okay. What, what is the most foolish thing a tourist you have brought into DPRK have done? Um, so one that comes to mind straight away is a very annoying tourist that I had who literally brought in the South Korean flag um, and hoped to fly it at Mount Pekdu. 
Um, and just to give a little bit of context, like uh, you're not allowed to bring in anything to do with Korea, like South Korea. Um, you're not allowed to bring anything to do with North Korea. And these countries... South Korea and North Korea are at war still, um, technically, and this guy thought it was a good idea to bring in the flag and fly it at Mount Peju as a sign of peace um, on the Korean Peninsula. What? And I was just like... Peace? Wait, wh where's this guy from? <laughs> the weirdest thing about this guy, without giving too much information about him away, is the fact that he has been to North Korea about 10 times and also himself leads tours to North Korea sometimes. And I was literally like, I was, how have you not been arrested in this country yet? Like, I, I had to then go through his luggage and see what else he had to do with the South Korean flag. You know what he had? I looked at his phone and I was like, I need your phone, mate, because his case from his phone was a South Korean flag. We were in North Korea and then I had to spend the rest of the time because I didn't trust him to keep hold of it all and not to bring it out at some point. I had to spend the rest of the time in North Korea. We were there for over two weeks with all of this South Korean stuff in my luggage. Like... I I think I think K-pop just just uh, degraded people's minds. Honestly, <laughs> I, I couldn't K believe it. K-pop has made people dumb. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I blame it on K-pop. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, K-pop fans. <laughs> but anyway, so what? Okay, that leads to me the next question: What are the smartest and the most ignorant questions tourists ask on your tour? Most ignorant question is when we're oh, in... Go for the smartest first. Oh, okay. <laughs> the ignorant ones are easy. <laughs> okay, go, go for the ignorant. The ignorant one first, then you can think about the most smartest. Okay. The um, most ignorant one easily is when you're in the Pyongyang metro, um, like, and people literally will come up to me, happens multiple times, people will come up to me and be like, where uh, where is everyone going and i'm like <laughs> i'm like what i don't know <laughs> like and like I, I think it just stems from like the mystery that surrounds anything to do with north korea is like whoa people are on the metro where are they going you know on the subway where are they and i'm literally like i don't know where do you go when you're on the subway do you go to a friend's house do you go to study um you know stuff like that it's it's for me it's just such a dumb question um and in terms of the smartest one, I don't know. I might have to think. People don't ask a lot of small questions. <laughs> okay, to... well, I, I th like. Uh, <laughs> I think it's this is a reverse of that. Uh, uh, you have one oh, in mind. Uh, what's that? What's that? said the 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 happy happy family all the same the. The um the unhappy ones are all different in their different <laughs> way. All unhappy in their different ways. So I I mean uh, okay anyway. So this is uh, I, I'm not sure about the question actually itself. It says are there things you think the tour groups? I guess he's talking about the people in your mm. tour group should be more interested in than they are. Yeah, I think um and I am guilty of this as well to be honest um. Because the nature of the tour of the tour plan in North Korea is that you do visit a lot of monuments and a lot of museums and a lot of historical sites. I think most people, um, apart from the history buffs and the politic geeks and stuff like that, most people who travel to North Korea are doing so because it's North Korea, either because it's sensationalized or because they're interested in the country and in the people. And we visit some really, really interesting historic sites that, like, have massive impacts or like really interesting sites you know tombs of kings of you know hundreds of years ago and stuff like that and i think a lot of it goes over people's heads uh, a lot of the time because 
it's just too much to take in and also people are just more interested in what's going on around them than reading the explanations but I think that's the same with everyone who travels anywhere you know even if you're walking around a museum a lot of the explanations just go over your head yeah I think maybe the, the, those sites are probably chosen because they're more important to the Korean people themselves yeah. so they felt okay obviously <laughs> this is what we felt important that exactly. the, the, the western pie should see but yeah. but the westerners they just completely ignorant of yeah. much of the korean history Def- I, mean, and, I, yeah. I, I did a yeah. i'm gonna <clears throat> advertise one for my podcast now my I, I actually did a korean history episode um i hope it clear up a little bit a, at least for most people about i mean now the k-pop is popular you know it does bring some interest somewhat of people in interested in the korean history itself do you have a kid um so what, do you have a kid? Where is the question? cat coming from? What do you think is the best tourist attraction in DPRK? Uh, do you, you want to answer? What would you say? There's totally a kitten there. It's so cute. <laughs> That's a best tourist attraction. Yeah. I guess it really depends on your interest. Yeah. It? I mean, for tourists, for for not not, not for Koreans. For yes, Kumsosan, uh, Paris of the Sun. It's, not, place for Korean it's not a tourist attraction. I know it's not. It's not a tourist attraction. <laughs> it's a very sacred place. No. Um, yeah, I don't know. Um, for me, like, I really like going to coffee shops and bars and stuff because that's the same in any country. That's what I love doing most. I love people watching and I love experiencing just, like, the local life and stuff. Um, okay, so so wait a minute, wait a minute. So for... So there, there are coffee shop and bars yeah. in North Korea. Yeah. And as a Westerner, can you freely go into the coffee shop and bars? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, oh, okay. like, you kind of, like, everything is organized in an itinerary in North Korea. And, like, you can... So on group tours, it's really hard to change this. It's really hard on a group tour to be like, let's just go to a bar. Because, you you know, if one person wants to go to a bar, it's like, well, we have the whole group with us, right? But I've been to yeah. North Korea and I've been by myself for a few days. Like there was one time I was leading like two different tours and I just decided to stay into North Korea um, between those tours. And like... You know, I got to experience this really unplanned nature of like, okay, let's eat here tonight for dinner, let's eat here for tonight. And I knew that like we didn't call up beforehand because there was one night I was there on a Friday night and the first restaurant that we went to, um, they were fully booked. And like, like literally we walked in and they were like, we have no seats for you. Like it wasn't as if um, they wouldn't let us in because we hadn't planned and there was a foreigner here and you need to call in advance. It was literally like we walked in and I saw that there was no tables and chairs to sit on anymore. And they were like, yeah, no, it's going to be like half an hour wait um and so yeah you can just show up at bars and restaurants and coffee shops and stuff like that all good (laughs) so so what's your favorite city in north korea my favorite city is pyongyang just because like i am there a lot so it feels very familiar to me but i love to travel in i love to go to nampo um and that's basically because i love the hot spa resort there um it's really chill we always end up getting very drunk on soju and making petrol clams on the barbecue and um that's always really fun um so yeah yeah did you guys have soju before before our podcast <laughs> no we had makoli. <laughs> yeah, makoli. yeah yeah okay so so what what's the best time of the year to go to uh go to north korea spring 
for me is spring right. and I, I think that's the same for I don't know this part of the world because it's not too hot not too cold um, and I would say May Day is my favorite holiday um, mm. it's hot not, but not too hot um, May Day is a great holiday in North Korea people can go and um, into the park and dance and sing and drink with the locals um, that's where Michael Palin I don't do Americans know Michael Palin you don't um, know Michael Palin I know about that um, documentary yeah. yeah but he's not a famous guy in the US Michael Palin. Oh, okay, never mind. We're very ignorant people. No, I mean, like, so he's this, like, really famous guy in the UK. Like, everyone knows him. Do you know Monty Python? Yeah. Okay. Yes, he's, yes, he's the I guy Monty, Monty Python. Python. Okay, that's Michael Palin. Um, and he went to North Korea. They made a documentary. That was Corio Tours took him and made a documentary, and he went for May Day. So, yeah, it's a really cool documentary. Did Dennis Rodman go yeah, through you guys? I love Monty no, Python. He went through I just don't Michael know all the, all the actors' names. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, but I watch all the Monty Python movies. I, I well, then you know, the you, know, you know him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'll look it up on Wikipedia to, to match the name with the faces. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, okay, so what um, have you taken overseas Koreans uh, yes. to? Okay, what what was their reaction? How, how did? It's really beautiful. So overseas Korean, I presume, um, is like someone who is a Korean in everything, you know, ethnicity, maybe grew up in Korea, but now has a different passport because obviously South Koreans cannot go into North Korea. Um, and I have taken um, a few overseas Koreans um, into North Korea and it is really beautiful. So um, everyone's a bit nervous at first. The Koreans are really nervous. Um, the... Oops, I accidentally muted you because I want to mute myself, but I, oh, no. I muted you. It's okay. We recorded over here. And... We're recording as well. We have it recorded here, though. How do I unmute? The stupid... I should have the power to unmute. Oh, okay. I unmuted your issue. Sorry. I mute myself. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, Zoe, um, go ahead. So, uh, yeah, I've taken a few in before. Um, it's always really beautiful, actually, to be honest. Um, everyone's very nervous at first. Um, the Koreans are really nervous at first. They literally say to me, like, should I not speak in Korean? You know, should I not let them know? And I'm like, they've seen all your details. Like, they know they have your passport. Like, you know, um, so they're nervous at first. Um, and also... I kind of brief them like, by the way, they speak a little bit different in the North. Maybe you want to be a bit more polite when you speak. Um, and the North Koreans also are a little bit nervous at first. Maybe they don't want to really speak in Korean to them. Um, but then honestly, by the end of the tour, they're sat at the back of the bus speaking in Korean the whole time. Like they, they always become really good friends. Yeah, it's really beautiful to see, actually. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, so in... Um... <laughs> Uh, what about the did you know what's the difference like so you guys don't just take people to the cities right you you also take people to see the countryside if they want yeah. to yeah you can also like go to do a homestay um, oh wow yeah you can stay in really remote parts of the country and a lot of people think there's only one hotel that you can stay in in one city there's literally like there's probably hundreds of hotels like including all of the really really random ones that you can stay in wow and so okay so what's the difference between the rural life and the urban life in north korea the same difference between like taipei and tainan or like beijing and like the urban life in china it's honestly it's the same in many countries even london compared to urban life you know london compared to countryside in the uk like you have massive difference in um you know in 
prosperity and stuff like that, you, you can really tell. It just feel like you're going back even more a few years' time in the countryside. Wait, you went to the countryside a, a bit, didn't you? Where did you yeah, go? How did you um, feel? Well, we went by a collective farm um, mm. on our way to um, somewhere near Wonsan. Mm. And we, I mean, we drove like through like some country areas, like when we were going from uh, like the western part of the country to the east. Mm. And, um, you know, we had pit stops. And um, yeah, it's it's a pretty big difference. Mm. It's the um, the levels of prosperity are um, pretty significant, and um, the the way the people are too. Because like in Pyongyang, they've seen a lot of foreigners. Yeah. Oh so, yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you're taking pictures of a lot of like tour, tourists are taking pictures of them, and yeah. they're just like whatever. They might be annoyed. But yeah. you go to the countryside, you'll find, like, sometimes a lot of the locals are taking pictures of you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the way people dress as well. Like, Pyongyang is supposed to be, like, you know, this... Not this... Not model city in the sense that it's, like, a fake city. But, I mean, you know, it should be, like, the city. You have to be a certain class of people in order to live in Pyongyang. And, therefore, you should also uphold this in the way that you dress. Um, and I remember we went to Wonsan one time. Or we went... Yeah, we went to Wonsan one time. And the two female guides that I was with, they went shopping while we, whilst we were having lunch, and they found um, like some really like chilled leggings, um, and they were like they're so comfy, but we can't wear them in Pyongyang. And so when we went up to the northeast, like this really rural area, um, they wore their leggings, and they were so like scared to go out of the out of the hotel with them on. They were like, oh, can we really do this? You know, like we look, we feel and look like countryside people. And I'm like, it's fine, like they're cute leggings, like. <laughs> But in Pyongyang, the ladies are expected to dress like in high heels, in a skirt, um, looking nice, you know, and and that's a big difference that you see. Yeah, I think I think that's that's the same way in China, at least like back in like 70s, 70s right. um, maybe even early 80s. Um, you know, Be Beijing was all, all, always uh, Beijing still first tier city, right? I mean, it's yeah. quite different when you go to deep rural areas in China. Yeah. Um, you, is there anything you guys like to add, uh, Xiangyu, Zoe? I'm all good, I think. Is there any other questions you wanted to go through? Um, not too much that I can think of. Um, oh, I, there's one that I think um, we should ask. is um, What was your most memorable work experience and maybe also your most memorable tour group? I think I know the answer yes, to this one. Yes, I like to hear that. <laughs> um, so my most memorable tour group, actually, you probably don't know, it's, um, it was my Mayday tour group. I probably shouldn't have favorites, um, <laughs> but shout out to it's my... Okay. Mayday. We all have favorites, you know, <laughs> like children. You're not supposed to have favorite children, but we all do. It's okay. Honestly, I have to say, like, it's so funny because I have so much fun with every single tour group. Like, I really, really do. And so much fun to the fact that, like, every single tour group will always be like, I bet you that we're your favorite, right? Like, we've had so much fun. You can't have had this much fun with everyone else, right? Genuinely, everyone will be like, we're your favorites, right? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, sure. Mayday 2019, um, <laughs> because um, it was a, just a really nice group. Everyone was super sound. Um, my guides were amazing. And it was the first time that I went to a lot of different locations. Um, so that's why... Um, that was amazing. And, like, everyone was just super nice in my group. Um, and then my most memorable experience, which is the, probably the one that um, you were about to say, is when I was there for New Year's Eve 2019. Um, and it's just had just, just such a massive impact on me, this experience, because... Um, you know, they had this massive New Year's Eve celebrations and there were thousands of people in Kim Il-sung Square, like thousands of North Koreans, and we had about two or three tour groups, so that means that we had about, 
around 60 people there as well. And you can imagine, like, you can't keep track of 60 people when you're in a cloud of thousands of people and it is New Year's and everyone is moving around everywhere. So we basically said, like, hey, guys, this is where the bus is. Um, you know, we're going to try and stick together. But anyway, we'll see you back at the buses at, like, 12.30 or 1 a.m. or something um, after everything's happened. And so, you know, everyone just kind of dispersed into the crowds um, to hang out with these North Koreans. And, like, I just had the most amazing experience. I was with one of my good colleagues, um, like, Western colleague, and then another good North Korean colleague. And then, like, absolutely randomly, um, another... Because I, I speak Chinese, and I speak Chinese with the guides as well, so I know the Chinese-speaking guides. Absolutely randomly, one of the Chinese-speaking guides managed to find us as well, who, like, wasn't on tour. Like, they were just there as a, you know, just having fun. Um, and then they saw us in the distance and came over. So that it was just amazing. We were dancing, and we were just in front of some North Korean students as well, who were literally, like, everyone had their smartphones out and, like, balloons and stuff. And, like, they were dancing to the music. The Morenbog band was playing. And then we, we formed this, like circle with us all like dancing in a circle with these North Korean students and like for me like literally for those like 20 minutes I, I just thought like oh this could be anywhere in the world you know this is just a New Year's Eve celebration that could be anywhere in the world um it's just really good fun and it's just so human that's amazing yeah. that, that's an amazing story I mean like just even to hear they I, I think a lot of people will be shocked to hear they let a bunch of westerners lose yeah. on the Korea on the New Year Eve in Pyongyang yeah <laughs> and uh, I think it's uh, a, because, in terms of that as well like it's important to realize that like you know you're always very safe in North Korea and like we are our top priority is safety and I think in terms of things like that it's not something that we would do on the first night of a tour you know like this was like one of the final nights of the tour you kind of trust everyone you kind of you know there's that trust there between us and the tourists not to go off and do something silly um and I would never would have allowed that if I thought that there was someone who was going to get up for trouble you know I kind of trusted everyone at that point yeah, you, yeah. You, that that's that's amazing. <laughs> um, any anything else you want to add, Zoe? No, I think I'm all good. This is a great hour and a half interview, Shang uh, <laughs> Yu. Anything from you? Thank thank you for being the stoic translator sitting in on our interview. What translator? <laughs> no, I'm the I'm the government minder. Yeah, <laughs> he keeps kicking me every time I say yeah. something wrong. <laughs> I've got like an electric shock tag on me, like. <laughs> um, what, what, what to add? Oh, um, be sure to check out our um, cold noodle tutorial video yeah, on her channel. Yeah, that's why we're dressed like this. Yeah, that's, that's why we're dressed like this. Yeah. Wait, did you already make the cold noodle? It's, we're, it's happening. The broth is cooking right now. That's why we asked them. We wanted to time this so we make the broth and then we come here while the broth is like cooking for like two hours. And then we. That's okay. It's supposed to boil for two hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. I mean, my mouth is watering again. So, so, okay. So, I will put a link to the, uh, in the description below to your, uh, uh, cold noodle Amazing. tutorial video. And I hope next time when I go to Taiwan, you know, I can eat at your restaurant, the Xiang Yu. Yeah. Right. I, I'm waiting for him to set it up okay. as well. <laughs> I'll have and, um, uh, I'll have her work as one of those um one of the servers who also sing songs to um the customers. Yes, yes. Yeah, she'll be singing that. Awesome, awesome. Uh, anything else uh, you want to you want to add, Xiang Yu? Not that I can think of.
Okay. Well, yeah. this is, uh, I, I consider this is an excellent interview. Uh, uh, just one more time, uh, uh, Zoe, can you uh, tell people where they can find you and your work? Yeah, you can find me on YouTube and you can see all those vlogs on at Zoe Discovers or just Zoe Discovers. Um, and then you can also find me on Instagram, TikTok and Facebook on at Zoe Discovers NK. Zoe discovered also your podcast. Okay, oh also... yeah, oh yeah, that's important too. Uh, thank you for reminding me. I just started a podcast, um, so it's so nice to actually be like the guest this time that I don't have to think of my own questions um, and things to talk about. But yeah, I just started a podcast called Discover North Korea, um, and you can find that on all the places that you get your podcast. So um, yeah, Spotify, Apple, whatever. Um, just type in Discover North Korea, and you'll find it. And there, I discuss everything. Basically, all these topics that we discussed today, way more in detail, and all of the other fun stories from North Korea I have. And we also have an episode with Shang Yu as well. Um, that's not out yet. I don't know which one will come out first, but um, yeah, we have a bit of a, a good is chat there, is about... Is no cool code noodle going to be there? Is it going to be a clip of code noodle tutorial? Not in the podcast. We, uh, like... That's her YouTube oh, channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's my YouTube. Noodle has to be more visual, yeah, I understand. Yeah. Okay. Okay, well, I will have description in the description. I will list it everything, the links to everything you do. Beautiful. Uh, so people can find you. Thank you for making the time. Thanks for, for your having busy us. noodle making schedule to talk <laughs> to us, Zoe <laughs> and Xiang Yu. And then she's uh, um, going back to Tainan tonight, so we got to make sure the noodles are finished in time yeah <laughs> oh yeah 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 on you a better strict schedule. get on that uh, so so th th thank you very much guys um and th thank you my audience for sticking with us hopefully this sparks some interest in you to maybe explore north korea and, yeah. and if you if you do check out zoe's links <laughs> thanks guys awesome thank you Bye -bye. thanks for having us on <laughs>